The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant. Today for another great episode where we're going to be talking about resources, tools, things you need to take control of your own career and move up, move out, wherever it is you want to go in your career. And we're here every week discussing topics in career development because we know that in this day and age, you are more in charge of your career than ever before. And your company may offer training, development, but really they're not going to walk you along down that career path anymore. They're expecting you to do that for yourself. And so what do you do when you're put in that position? Well, of course, you have to know where you want to go. You have to make a career plan and know how to build relationships to help you get along the way and, of course, to help others who are in the same situation. So we've talked about a lot of those topics over the last few weeks and I wanted to take the time today to talk specifically about written communication. I think that written communication has become a gray area for folks. They think texts and or emails don't have to be professional anymore because we're all so used to seeing them in unprofessional form, right? Without periods and spaces and all of those things. And yet we know that it is a reflection of your professionalism. Everything you do, right? Everything you write, everything you say, everything you do at work is making an impression on those around you in terms of where they think you belong in that workplace. And I would say that professional written communication is perhaps just as important, even though no one ever talks about it. And maybe you think that people don't really care or don't really notice. I can promise you that they do. So we're going to talk about a few of those things today, some ways that you can improve your written communications quickly, and some key things for you to watch out for when you are writing so that you can avoid maybe some of the most frustrating mistakes for those who are on the other end trying to read your communication. Now we're going to be talking briefly about grammar and some of those things, but I think more importantly it's readability. How easy is it to understand what you're saying 
and to get to the point. I find it interesting that marketing communications have become these long, drawn-out things where there's a huge email or a huge page of web text and that there's actually research that shows that can be effective. I can tell you it's not effective for buyers like me if I see a huge long page of text where you're trying to sell me something. I'm going to another site where they tell me more quickly what it is I get, what it, how it fits into what I'm looking for, and puts the information in, in a much easier form. However, most of us aren't writing marketing copy most of the time. We're writing for someone to quickly grasp and understand what we're saying, get us something we need, or perhaps to move us forward in a job search, of course, when we're talking about cover letters, resumes, and those types of things. And that form of communication, and I would say eventually this marketing world is going to catch up here, has gone to almost all of it reflecting what is good practices in terms of writing for the web. It's so funny, I looked through and found a handout that I took a class on writing for the web probably in 2008 or 2007 maybe. And it was this big deal, right? The web is changing the way that we, changing the way we communicate, changing the way we read. And now that is very solidified that the web has changed how we read, the web has changed how we process information. And one of my colleagues, Louise Kurzmark, who was on the show a while ago talking about the future of the resume, found a great quote by Marianne Wolf, who's at Tufts University, and she's a neuroscientist who studies the art of reading, or the study of reading, if you will. And um, she was talking about sitting down to read a novel. And this is a bright woman, right, who reads all the time and studies reading. And she said, I couldn't do it. It was torture to get through the first page. I couldn't force myself to slow down so that I wasn't skimming, picking out keywords, organizing my eye movements to generate the most information at the highest speed. I was disgusted with myself. Even those of us who love to read have changed the way we read. We skim. We read quickly. We avoid large paragraphs of text. And in some ways, we avoid long, long written communications unless they're something we sit down and intentionally tend to ingest. So what does that mean for us in the business world, right? In this careers world and advancing our advancing our careers is that we have to balance professionalism, not looking like we're 10 or 12 or maybe even 18 and using OMG and LOL in our written communications to our boss and our peers. And yet we have to write things that are easy to digest. So we're going to go through some best practices today in really thinking about your writing and when you're writing something to someone, how can you make sure that it's clean, it's crisp, it's clear, it's easy for them to understand what you're looking for, and it comes across professionally from you. So we'll start at the beginning. 
with thinking about our written word. Who is your target audience? Who are you writing to? That might determine how formal you want to be. It might determine what you write. It might determine the order of what you write. Really, thinking about that audience should be the foundation for everything. And we talk about that when we talk about resumes, for sure, that your target audience matters for the keywords that you pick out, the language that you put in. Write a resume speaking for an accounting position in healthcare is going to sound very different than a resume for an accounting position in the manufacturing world. The language, the verbiage, what matters, the numbers, all of those things are going to be different based on that audience, even for the same information. But thinking bigger about who's our audience, one of my experiences when I was at the university, the engineering department was trying to increase their marketing and outreach for their online master's program. So you're marketing to graduates with a bachelor's degree in engineering and you're telling them about the value of this online master's program for their career, for their further learning. You get the picture. And we hired an outside marketing firm to help design this marketing piece. The first thing we got back looked like a piece of junk mail. It had, you know, all the graphics, very little words. It didn't, it didn't share any of the value. And it just looked like a piece of junk mail that would come into your mailbox and you'd throw it out. I was fairly frustrated. This company who is paid to be in marketing hadn't thought at all about our target audience, who's very practical, very information-based, right? They just want the, the story of why they should buy, and they probably actually want some kind of information about the program, right? They, they want details, at least some, even in this first marketing piece. And so we ended up working with them to develop something that was a lot more like a personal invitation from the department head, communicating in more of what seemed like a letter, the new program, the benefits, the, the things that they could learn, all the different subject areas in a fashion that made sense, that was easy to read and scannable, and some of the other things we'll talk about today. But it really thought about that audience. And you can think about the open rate for that audience, right? A piece of mail that really looked like something advertising a, a cell phone or one of those, you know, glossy big postcards you get in the mail versus a folded letter from the department head describing this new program, quick, easy, no long paragraphs, what was going to have a better return rate, right? If you were an engineer and and you, maybe it's hard for you to make that jump if you're in sales and marketing, but if you're into information and, and tactical and respected this department head who you'd most likely taken classes from, you're going to open that letter, right? You're going to look at what she at the time had to say. And that's going to be a lot stronger 
of an interaction with your customer, with your reader, if you will. So before you write anything, sit back and think about that. Who is your audience? What do they care about? What's What are you trying to get out of them, if you will? And that's kind of goes into the second part, which is defining the problem. So what's your purpose for writing? Do you need something? Did they ask you a question that you're answering? What is the question that you're answering? What's the problem that they want solved? Or what do you want to see as a result of your communication? It's really thinking through before you write or maybe after you have a first draft, how can this be more most effective? And I think we know this, but then we sit down to write an email and it becomes either a brain dump or a, you know, kind of go around the circle to try to avoid something. All of those things that may work in person, but in email, they just don't work. In written communication, the person's just going to stop reading and you won't get the outcome that you've hoped for, I guess, unless your outcome is that they stop reading, which then you may think rethink sending something at all, right? So really thinking about that communication and what makes sense. And honestly, even thinking about if written communication makes sense. If they have this question, does it make sense to email them or does it make sense to give them a call? Which, especially in the millennial generation, we can avoid, right? We, we would rather write to you than give you a call sometimes. And sometimes that's an introvert-extrovert thing or whatever it is that drives your communication in one direction versus the other. What really makes sense? And sometimes I see maybe boomers or older call when it really makes sense to send an email. I'm trying to document something or I need you to document something or you're in a training and I'm in a training all day and playing phone tag just doesn't make sense. So really thinking through even what, what form of communication makes sense instead of doing maybe what comes naturally to us looking at the situation, determining what the problem is that needs to be solved, then thinking through what needs to happen. And as you can tell through my laugh, that what happened to me just last week, emailing, trying to email back and forth with an individual who was out of town training, and I was out of town training, and it, he kept trying to give me a call, and it just wasn't going to work for either of us. I was in training when he called, and he was in training when, he, when I called, and it seemed like if we could have emailed in the evenings when both of us were free but not necessarily maybe wanting to chat or trying to get to dinner and then back there may have been a resolution quicker to our issue than the calling back and forth so when we're sitting down to write these communications that's the the first thing and it doesn't have to be a long complicated thought but to at least to give it some thought who's my audience and what am i trying to achieve then I can determine which way of communicating makes sense and as we'll go into here in just a minute, kind of the format that might make sense for that communication to be most effective. So internet has changed the way we communicate. We want to make sure that we are adjusting our style and we're adjusting to our audience who may be used to internet communication like your younger workers 
or maybe trying to get the hang of it like your older workers or maybe great at it like your older workers and yet still not ready for our millennial LOLs and OMGs in our emails. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. Keep working on your written communications. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. What makes great leaders? Results? A lasting legacy? Is it making a difference in your life or maybe the lives of others? I lead. The Leadership Connection with host Dr. Linda Sharkey will bring you the practical tips and tools to make you an extraordinary leader and by doing so, build a better, more successful, and more profitable organization. Our show is all about you, the leader that you can be, and the culture that you can create. Tune in to I Lead, The Leadership Connection, live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking about communications. And it may seem silly, and everything, again, that you do and say at work, and especially written communications because they are absorbed more, perhaps. Yes, they're scanned and skimmed and read quickly, But someone can go back and reflect on that thing that you've written. And perhaps even more than the thing you said passing them in the hall, they they might judge you for that, right? The tone, the formality, the grammar, as silly as it may sound, especially depending on the person that you're writing, these things do have an impact in your how you're perceived. The other thing that they do is they can either build or, or erode relationships. And 
when we're writing, a lot of times we write quickly, especially in email, and we forget that there's another human on the other side of that email who, yes, is busy, but does not want to be barked at or to feel like you're too busy to respond in a in a good way, right? And this is one of those things that I do when I email is I'll write my response and then I'll go back to the top of the email and really think about, am I connecting with that person? doesn't mean it has to be long. It shouldn't be long. But am I really connecting with that person? And this, you know, comes up in a Forbes article, Editor's Guide to Writing Ridiculously Good Emails from a couple of years ago. But just to make that introduction just like you, you kind of would in a letter almost, only it's more informal, of course, via email. But the opening paragraph might be a good, or is a good place to say something. And it's kind of become commonplace in the last year or so, perhaps, and lots of articles around not just saying the person's name, but saying, hi, Dan, and then continuing on with your email instead of just saying, Dan. Right, it's kind of that, if you read it, it sounds like I'm barking at you versus saying, Hi Dan, here's the rest of my email. Dear, it's pretty archaic, old school, I, I would get rid of dear in your email salutations or introductions. And move into, hi, hello, sometimes I'll say thank you Dan, and then go into the email. Something that starts it off on that collegial, relationship-based email. And I would say using the person's name and at all possible is important, right? It's that opportunity to say, I'm actually thinking about who I'm writing. I'm going to say hi to Dan, and then I'm going to tell you what you need to know. Might say it was nice getting to chat with you or thank you for your work on this. Whatever it is that's quick, it doesn't have to be long, but gives the person on the other end an opportunity to feel like you're building relationship with them, especially if you are trying to build a relationship with them. Then the body, you want to get to it quickly, right? Get to the point. And a lot of people will say, you know, if you're going to write an email and you get to the point at the bottom, then go back and put that at the top. Here's what they want to know, and here's the backup material. Instead of here's the backup material, and then at the bottom of the email buried somewhere is what they want to know. You might even take that call to action, put that right under the introduction, and then write the background or what you need to tell that person. Don't want it to be too archaic or hard to read by doing that, but the faster you can get to the point, the better off you'll be, especially if you think about scrolling through that email on your phone. What does that person really need, really want? How can you get that to them earlier in that email versus them having to scroll down and actually read to get to what they need? So when we're writing, especially emails, we're thinking about short paragraphs or you know a sentence or two in a paragraph how can they skim through it quickly? And then, of course, is it actually easy to read? And that means several different things, right? It means that it's not using flowery language for no reason, unless that's something in your brand is around using big words, but most of the time it's not necessary. 
And how can it be quickly read? Again, short paragraphs get to the point up top. Now, if you're writing something longer, let's say a cover letter or a letter to your boss or maybe a longer email for some reason, then you want to think about quick communication tips. So it's almost what would you want to read on the web is a good way to think about it. You wouldn't have long sentences. You have short sentences or perhaps bulleted communications instead of paragraphs and sentences so you get to the point quickly. And if you look at any modern cover letter, book, or example out of a book, you might find that they're moving in that direction with more bulleted, shorter statements. Again, doesn't mean it's hard to read or overly text, you know, moving to like phone texting, but it's just shorter and quicker to read instead of long, what you might call prose. Then you're thinking about if I've got these short sentences and I'm moving through and I'm writing things that hit the core needs, they address the key points, maybe they're in bullets so that the person can quickly scroll down them, then we want to think about how we can write that quickly. And one of the experiences that I've had in, in learning this is learning what's called the paramedic method. And I don't know where this came from. Same, sounds like a medical term to me, but it's a writing term, which really talks about taking the extra words out of a sentence. So to look at a sentence and really think about the prepositions of in, about, for, onto, into, and is, you know, if you have is, was, were, and think about how you can eliminate those. So, for instance, you might say in this paragraph is a demonstration of the good use of style in writing of a report. There's lots of ins, lots of ofs. In this paragraph is a demonstration of the use of good style in the writing of a report. Long, hard to read, hard to say. Then you take those words out and you get this paragraph demonstrates good style in reports so that you get the point without all of those extra words. And what's fun is if you start thinking about this when you write, it becomes automatic to remove those things and to write cleaner and crisper, which really no matter where you're writing, email, report for your boss, marketing language, resume, cover letter, the faster you can get the point across to people and the easier it is for them to get that point, the more likely it is that they will read it, first of all, the more likely it is that they'll read more of it and actually consume more of what you've tried to say, and the more likely it is that they'll think you're professional, which pretty cool, right? And so short, small little things to think about, but to look at your writing and just to start to think about how you can make it cleaner and crisper and, and easier to read. And the more that you do that, the easier you'll find it is and the more natural it will become, if you will. So when you're sitting down, especially to write that email, you want to think about 
the person on the other end. And take a take take a second, right? Our goal is always to get to zero. I'm going to have no email in my email box. But take a minute when you're writing that person back. Give that intro that makes some kind of relationship, builds that relationship with them. Tell them what they need to know fast, right after that introduction, or whatever you want to call it, some kind of relationship building sentence. Give them whatever other information they need. If it has to be long, bullet it out, short statements, short paragraphs. And then, you know, at the end of your email, if you haven't yet, make sure you have that call to action. What are you actually looking for someone to do? The clearer you can be with that, the less email you'll have to send because it won't be bouncing back and forth and back and forth with you trying to answer the original question or that individual trying to get what they needed when you did not give it to them. In our communications, that really does help us improve our relationships with others. Seems silly, seems easy to do, and that's great because it really is to just take a little minute before we write that email and and do these few little things differently. Now, when we're writing something bigger, and we'll talk about this when we get back here from break, whether it's a cover letter or an, an email with a, more of a message, maybe a something we're sending to our boss, there's also little things we want to think about just in terms of our communication and oh, we'll get a little bit into grammar, but you can take it. It's really important. And here's why. So we're doing a training for a group of individuals and we're talking to them about how to help their candidates, clients, write resumes. Fun training. And I had planned to talk about grammar because it is important to know, especially if you're helping someone with their resume, to know at least when you see an egregious error that you can help someone with. And it was interesting that the group had already started talking about grammar in many different ways. One said a colleague corrects all of his email. Now, you may not have ever experienced that from a colleague, but it doesn't mean it's not happening on the other end in that person's mind. And guess what? Every time they get it and they see that you're using the wrong there in, in, in their email or you're, you're using commas all over the place where they don't need to be, it's hard for them to read, especially if those things naturally catch them up. And their higher-up person in the organization said that they'd actually had people who would be in the class, not necessarily people that are in that class, apply to positions and just been appalled at the writing in their applications. And again, I like we'd like to think that this doesn't matter anymore, right? We're in a world where it's fast communication, nobody cares. And that is not true. People still know the right and wrong in grammar, for the most part. And even if they don't know what to do when it's right, they know it when it's wrong. And it just doesn't work. And it may be holding you back. So we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a few of the key things that might be getting in your way in terms of your actual 
writing. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking about your communication and specifically your written communication and its impact on your professionalism at work and thinking about when we are writing and we're sitting down to write that email really slowing down a little bit and thinking about what is it that we want to say who's our audience does email make sense in terms of the form of communication And if we are going to email, how can we make sure that we're having some kind of an an intro or greeting to that person? Again, getting rid of dear and replacing that with hi or hello or thank you. Something that builds rapport. Getting to that action, the desired action or the answer to the question as quickly as possible. Then maybe providing that backup documentation so that we are communicating as clearly, concisely as possible. 
in today's world, which really expects to be able to skim and scan, not read. Now, maybe kind of on the other side of that argument is that our grammar does matter. So even though people aren't necessarily reading, it does still matter what we are doing when we write. And especially true when you're working with coworkers or bosses, those people who you know in the professional realm. But I think even also important when you're communicating to your team because you're setting a you're setting the standard. You're saying that this kind of communication is important. And it, again, doesn't mean it has to be long and flowery po- prose, but it does mean that we're using the right words. We're writing short and crisp, which gets rid of a lot of issues. When you do that, you don't have to worry about commas as much. You don't have to worry about hyphenations when we're simplifying a little bit. And we still want to make sure we're, we're doing the things right that need to be done right. So email, for instance, uh, your email program may or may not check your, your spelling. Know if your program checks that, right? If it doesn't, figure out how to do it. I use a marketing email system that doesn't do spell check in the actual body of the marketing email that you're creating. And I didn't realize that at first and actually sent out a message that had typos in it. Well, now I send it to myself. And when I hit forward, Gmail will go through and find the spelling errors for me. And, of course, you can do it in Word first and then paste it. But if you make any changes, you want to find a way to check that spelling before you send it, right? If you're using Word, Microsoft Word, in your PC or a Mac, make sure that you're... It's, it's turned on, right? Make sure that proofing is turned on. And then recognize where it does where it doesn't work. So using you instead of your, for instance, if you are writing somebody and, and saying something and it doesn't catch that if you say you instead of your when you meant your. Just happened to me today. I thankfully caught it before I sent the email. You know, look in your email. Well, if I say, look in you email, yes, I know it's a typo, and the person on the other end will as well, but it just shows that I wasn't really paying attention, I was writing really quickly, and it makes me look bad, especially as a professional writer. Then, of course, there's the words that we all misuse and that drive the person on the other end crazy when you misuse them, even though it may not seem like that big of a deal. Your, your without an apostrophe R-E, Y-O-U-R, being a possessive, and with the apostrophe R-E means that it, you're, con, you're squishing together, you are, right? People do that one wrong, it's going to drive the other person crazy. There, whether it's T-H-E-I-R, which is something that belongs to someone, they are, right, that conjugation there, they, apostrophe R-E, or there, something over there, T-H-E-R-E. Seems simple, and for most of us it is, and yet when you move too fast, you do it wrong and you make yourself look bad, especially since it is simple. So those little things, you want to slow down, look for them, 
especially that you and your, I go back and I read my email for that because that one tends to happen the most to me. I, I'm good at which there and which your to, to use, but it's easy to slip up and, and miss that R when you're typing. Now, of course, when you're texting someone, it may not be that big of a deal. However, text is being used more and more for job search. And I would say if you're texting a hiring manager, very appropriate thing to do today in job search, you still want to make sure that you're spelling things right. Check that spell check. Check that nice little system feature that makes the word that it thinks you want. It's important. Clarity of communication makes it quicker and, again, helps build your professional brand, your professional reputation in the direction that you want it to. One of the other things I find people do that is hard to muddle through and read that maybe we don't think about is using passive language. So everything is happening to someone instead of it being the actual act of it happening. And so when you think about writing, look for that. If you're using was or were, or sometimes even is, it may be that you are writing in the passive tense, which makes it challenging for the person on the other end, again, to get through it quickly, which is our whole goal in life today when we're reading. Get through it quickly and understand what you're trying to say as fast as possible. Now, when we're thinking about our, our writing, again, if we're writing a cover letter or a resume, we want to know who that audience is and what they're looking for so that we know really what to cut out. And even in emails, that's the decisions that we're making today in writing in any kind of written communication is what are you going to cut out so that it's quick and clean and easy to read and you get to the point. Because if you don't, you'll probably lose people. So let's go back here to the passive voice. And this is kind of a funny example, but a passive voice could sound like, why was the road crossed by the chicken? And you'd say, well, I'd never say it like that. Well, maybe not, but I'm guessing that you'd use the passive voice in other ways. So you might say that, the house has been scorched by the fire. Well, you don't really need to say that, right? You say the fire scorched the house much faster. And when you're thinking about writing, it's really looking for those is, us, am, were, and how can you cut those out? Can the sentence be simplified? And once you start to do it, then you won't have to think about it anymore. It may seem like it doesn't matter. But again, making things quicker and easier to read. The other thing to watch out for is adjectives. Adjectives not only make your writing longer, a lot of times they can impact your relationship with someone. So if you're saying very that very may come across as something negative to the person on the other end instead of just saying what it is. If one of my other least favorite words is successfully, our team successfully did this or that. Just tell me what you did. 
that word doesn't mean much unless it's backed up and when you back it up you really don't need it other words to watch out for that tend to mean you're over inflating things or beating around the bush or insured we insured this I'll just get rid of that phrase and tell me what you did right and when you're writing emails especially other words that can get in in your way are just and only so just might be appropriate if you're saying I just sent you an email but if you're saying any other way with just a lot of times it comes out as negative well I just did this it can sound very negative right and the other person on the other end is going to read it that way or only same thing you're either diminishing yourself or maybe diminishing what happened which may or may not be appropriate for the situation last one to watch out for is but but in its nature negates the thing that came before it so I really enjoyed your presentation but especially if you're a boss giving feedback verbally or via email or in a performance of review watch out for that word but because what you're saying in reality is that you're negating what you just said so I really enjoyed your presentation but so you really didn't enjoy my presentation small thing is to change that to and may sound weird for you for a little bit but work on it see what you think just to replace that but with the word and can make a big difference I really enjoyed your presentation and would love if you added this right then you're not negating that part at the beginning and you're still adding something to it in a way that that you think will be helpful so just only and but watch out for those especially in your email communications where you have the opportunity to really read what you've written before you send it they can erode your relationship with other people or come across in a way that you're not anticipating adjectives can do the same thing so be careful of those especially very can put an emphasis on something that you're not anticipating or or really wanting to put emphasis on it's just an adjective that we throw around maybe a little bit too much so we're going to take one last short break here and come back and go through some proofreading tips so before you send that email that cover letter that resume what are some things you can do quickly and easily to go through your writing and make sure it's as good as possible we'll be right back in just a few minutes business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses 
through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Biz Locker Radio is a high-energy business show that features compelling conversations and cutting-edge business content that you can use to improve your performance today. Hosted by Kelly Riggs and presented by the Business Locker Room, Biz Locker Radio features dynamic thought leaders from sales, marketing, leadership, business strategy, social media, and more. If you're in business, you need an edge. Develop that edge with Biz Locker Radio. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, and 3 p.m. Central on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information, visit bizlockerradio.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. So today we are talking about your written communication and really the opportunity for you to show those around you that you're a professional and to make sure that we don't get caught up in some of the uses of technology that are making it seem like it doesn't matter because it still does, especially when we're sending some kind of written communication to those we work with or those we want to work with especially. Maybe a cover letter, even if it's just a short cover letter in the body of an email, which we call an e-note, we want to make sure that we're doing the best we can to make those things professional. So, a few tips here in terms of proofreading. Quickly, what can you do to make sure that your written message is what you want it to be and as correct as it can be in terms of grammar and ease of reading for the person on the other end. The first thing is to read it out loud. So a lot of times when we read something that we've written, we read what we think we wrote. We don't read what's actually there. And when you make yourself read it out loud, you'll find that that changes, that you actually will read what's there and recognize perhaps a little easier where you've made mistakes in your own work. Read it backwards. You can do this without out loud, but that way you'll catch errors that you won't read forwards because, again, you're slowing your mind down and reading what's actually there instead of what you thought you put there. Of course, you want to use spell check and grammar and make sure that you know how to do that within your email system. But then you want to read for those other issues. There and there, your and your, you instead of your, 
read for those things that spell check will not catch. You might use your finger or a piece of paper to scroll across and read something. And although it may seem archaic, if something is really important, print it out and read it versus just reading it on the screen. Look for those things that you know you do wrong. Like I say, I know I do you instead of your all the time because I get in a hurry. It's not going to go across well, right? Especially if I'm trying to communicate with someone who I want to sell writing services to or who I want to hire me for something. They're not going to do that if I've made those types of mistakes, even though it may seem silly. And especially for job seeking, we have to realize that our reviewers, like it or not, are looking for reasons to screen you out. And if you've made little mistakes in your documents, it's easy to screen you out. It's easy to say, oh, this person didn't pay attention. They didn't take their time. And, and to move on to a different candidate who they feel did even if you have the better skills, right? So you can obviously have someone else read it. And I would say this is really important if you're writing an email that has any kind of emotion tied to it. So if you're writing an email to an angry customer or you're writing an email for something really important, have someone else read it. Make sure that it's what you want to say, and they'll probably catch emotion that you don't, that you didn't mean to put into that communication. Have someone else read it. You want to make sure that you're looking at names. So, this drives me crazy because my name is Marie, M-A-R-I-E, and people write to me all the time and say Maria. Again, you're eroding that relationship. You can't even spell my name right. Right? So when you're writing to someone, make sure that you're doing that. Go back. Check the spelling of their name. Make sure you've got it right. There's nothing worse than saying something nice to someone in that first sentence of an email, but you're using the wrong name or spelling it wrong. Go back and check those little words of, on, or there are other things that you're going to confuse and that spell check won't check. And, as we talked about earlier, they may be things you could get rid of to make your writing even clearer and quicker to read. And double check anything that you use all the time. Those things you copy and paste, look at it. Actually, is it right? You might use a header on your resume. Oftentimes, I'll find that's where people have made typos, in their phone number or in their email. Guess what? No matter how much someone wants to connect with you, if you don't have those things right, it's not going to work. Double-check those things that you know are right, because that's where you're dangerous. And definitely double-check those things where you tend to make mistakes. Hyphens. Lots of people make mistakes in hyphens. Lots of people make mistakes in commas. And know where your weak areas are, which direction you tend to go, over comma, under comma. Most people over comma and under hyphen. Know what those things are. 
and go back and check them. And then again, start at the beginning. Really think about who you're writing, what they care about, what you want to communicate to them, and what the appropriate format, language, and tone is going to be for that communication. And just slowing down a little bit might help you get better communications with those you work with, be looked at more professionally for those roles that you'd like to be in, and even when you're working inside a company to not get lazy and think that these things don't matter because they all trickle into what someone perceives about you and where they put you in your company, in your industry, in your career. So if you have any other tips that you want to share or any other commonly misused words, I will share a few others that I put into spell check, actually took out of the dictionary in my Word documents, in, in Word's proofing system, is manger, right? I'm probably never going to need the word manger in a resume or a cover letter. I will be saying manager and forgetting that A, and guess what? Spell check won't catch it. Other one, funny, pubic. I'll probably never need pubic in a cover letter or resume. What I'll be trying to say is public, like in public relations, and you forget that L and darn it, it sounds bad, but spell check's not going to mark it wrong for you. So know where you mess up, know where those things are that are going to catch you up, and use the technology to help you catch yourself. We'll be right back here next week on The Career Confidant. We're rounding up some guest speakers to come in and talk about other careers and career paths and hiring in those career paths. So tune in right here again next week for The Career Confidant. And you can always reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.